Evening everyone, or should I say uh, good morning, um, or whichever way around, wait, this will be evening because it's around there. Anyway, I'm in Dudley and um, it's quite nice, the weather's lovely. There's a, there's a castle I just saw on the horizon um, and, and everything's closed because it's 8am. The question is, why am I here? <laughs> and uh, in order to answer that, uh, I have to go to the Patreon people who've been asking for a long time, in fact not just the Patreon people, everyone has been asking for a long time for me to... Um, answer a very specific question and uh, hopefully in tonight's episode that's precisely what I'm going to do. Uh, look, it's a, it's a football player. don't know anything about football. I, I literally have no idea. I have a footballer's name in my head that starts, that is called, uh, someone called Dudley but I presume that's not who that is. It's actually a person called Duncan Edwards. don't know. Anyway, um, I'm going to leave the people of uh, Dudley in peace and quiet and then uh, I'll join you I'll join you the other side of the intro. Everyone, welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. City 225 fades away. Look, there's some stuff behind me. Uh, I'll tell you what all that stuff is very soon, but I will uh, let you know, you know, for this next 10 seconds, where you're not going to know because I'm going to tell you in 10 seconds. Um, this is Engineer's Line reference OW, which is pretty funny. Uh, and you can see there's some facilities. What could they be doing at these facilities and why am I in Dudley? Anyway, yeah, the plan is I'm going to speak to lots of people in this place because it's kind of an open day or a launch day. Oh no, it's a conference. Oh yeah, it's a conference. Well, hopefully within this conference we'll speak to some people and we'll find out some things about the thing which I haven't told you about yet. Mm. So, uh, what, what is VLR? Uh, VLR is very uh, light uh, rail. Uh, why have I put asterisks there? Well, because very is meaningless. Um, although they're aiming for one ton, around one ton a meter of train length, which is, you know, that's a sensible thing to set as a target. It's, it's about half as light as, as, as other trains generally on the market, so it's quite a substantial reduction in mass of vehicle. So that's exciting. Uh, light, well, same thing. And rail, well, it's the, the important thing about this is it is steel on steel. So th that means that immediately it's not a gadget ban, which is at least positive. But um, but, but in what does it actually look like at the moment in terms of the vehicles you know where have they got to in terms of development well uh, there are two types so there's urban vlr and there's rural vlr uh, the urban vlr is the one that's currently being developed for a as a mass transit system in coventry more on that later rural vlr is more about the specifics of the vehicle so urban vlr is a bit of a system it includes a new track form or, or rather a developed form of, of, of light slab track um, rural vlr is much more just about the vehicle it's a, it's a more conventional rail vehicle um, so well, uh, the all-important thing to do is, well, we need to classify these. What on earth are they? Uh, what on earth are they? Well, okay, so first of all, let's start with uh, the urban VLR. So, um, oh, right, wait, I'll get my pencil, get my pen. There we go. Oh, so what is it? What is it going to be? Uh, well, we start here uh, and we're going to go, well, it doesn't carry more than 10,000 passengers per hour, but it is steel on steel. Good. Uh, it does have on-street running, which means it's a tram. There, easy. 
Um, I think later on in the episode, I actually kind of do this mentally in my head, uh, and I do indeed come up with tram. What about the other one, though? What about the other vehicle? Well, um, so the rural VLR, the revolution VLR, as, as it's kind of being branded. Well, start here. Um, it definitely won't carry more than 10,000 passengers per hour. It is steel on steel. There's no on-street running, and it doesn't have dedicated tracks. So it's light suburban rail. So it's just basically a light suburban option. But actually, the point of this is not so much that it's for urban transit. This is actually designed for, very specifically for, rural railway lines. Um, kind of like the Pacer originally was, but ended up being for suburban trains. So I hope this ends up on rural lines and doesn't end up just replacing Pacers on suburban lines. Um, but anyway... So that's what it is. So we've got a uh, what was that? So we've got uh, the 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 tram. You know, uh, the 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 urban VLR is tram, and the rural VLR is sort of the the, the not a metro thing doesn't really apply for this one. It's just it's just a trade, and we'll get to that. We'll talk specifically about both these vehicles a bit more uh, shortly. But until then, um, uh, I, let let me continue on my strange Dudley adventures. I'm in, I'm in the building, uh, here we are, look, everyone's congregating. Uh, this is a conference, and so I'm not entirely sure how I'm gonna stitch it together. I'll try and film bits, I'll try and, I'll listen in and I'll maybe repeat back to you the things that are said in the conference, uh, it's everyone's gathering. No idea how it's all gonna stitch together, but hopefully by the end of this, we'll have answered what on earth is uh, very light rail. Answer that question, uh, and whether it's, uh, whether it's any use. <laughs> I think it will be. Well, my, uh, my microphone's packed in already because it's so hot and everything's just melting, but uh, hopefully you can hear this not too bad with the echo. So we just had the first half. Uh, I think I've just summarised some, uh, some of the useful tidbits here and there for, um, for, uh, from, from the various speakers. Some interesting stuff, some commonly repeated sort of buzzwords that annoy me, like autonomous, what's the point, it doesn't solve anything. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, this is where you're going to trial it on this sort of system is the right thing to do, but... It's, yeah, it's just a pointless extra thing to add in for extra complexity. Anyway, whatever. Uh, running it in mixed traffic uh, is interesting. So, so fundamentally, we kind of, and I, I kind of, when I do a roundup chat, I think I'll summarise this because I'm going to sit and just kind of summarise everything that I can think of that that, that came up in the conference. But. Uh, you know, it's two systems. We've got the urban system, that kind of like, it's really a people mover. It's sort of a, it's, it's I don't really know how to classify it. I, I think it would come out as a, I'm not quite sure how it would come out. On the, in fact, I, I shall do a thing where I trace down on the uh, on the Not a Metro categoriser right now. Um, and then there's the other system, which is, which is uh, in old parlance, will be like, is like light rail. It's like a bubble car, really, but lighter. You know, it's, it's about half the weight of a, of a class 121, for example. Um, it does about the same thing. So yeah, so it's interesting to compare these two. Uh, hopefully in the next half now, we're going to do a bit of a tour, uh, explore the facilities they have here, which is exciting because, you know, research and development with steel on steel is good, it's positive. Generally, I generally have a positive feeling about this stuff that we're seeing. I'm worried about the idea that it's going to solve what is essentially a political deadlock on the fact that this government and Treasury fundamentally just doesn't want to invest in public transport at all. Fixed infrastructure of any kind is an anathema to it. So, I don't think that problem is going to be solved. Anyway, uh, I'm going to finish this cup of tea.
got my uh, badge on to make sure people know exactly where I stand, given the RMT have already had a, a, a dubious mention by one of the speakers, boo. Um, anyway, yeah, also autonomy. So uh, I've, I've got my badge, my, my TSSA badge on with, uh, with, to a certain <laughs> particular point. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll have an explorer. Uh, I'm not allowed to film one of the vehicles, but I'm going to film everything else and then blur out that vehicle if I find out that it's one I didn't realise it was. Um, yeah, uh, let's do that. So we're now um, walking up to uh, from from the from the conference centre. Or it's not really a conference centre, is it? It's the it's the, the institute. Um, walking around to the test track. So we've we've had bits, had some nice chats. Asked a question there about autonomy, just you know being mean. Um, actually, I will talk to Graham again. Uh, hopefully, he's in this group. I think um, uh, about uh, about that. So yeah, but it's interesting to see all this stuff. And, and I think what I'll do is. We'll make this a bit of a hybrid one, and I'll do a, I'll do a live Q and A at the end of this episode, and because and, I've got lots of stuff in my brain that I've not necessarily filmed or captured, um, had a very interesting chat with Tim from Eversholt about about the the Revolution VLR. Basically, I'm going to stop calling that. It's the, there's the urban one and the light and, and the, the rural one. So it's the urban VLR, which I mean, at some point we'll get the categorisation up. But I think the urban VLR is a uh, is a it's a it's a tram. It's just a tram, which is fine. <laughs> the rural VLR is is light suburban. It's just it's just a, it's just a rail vehicle, which is fine. It's good. It's a it's a rail vehicle. It doesn't need to be called anything snazzy. It's just it's, it's a lighter, better, more efficient um, rural rail vehicle. So yeah, we'll see see how that works out. Anyway, we're going to go up, have a look at the test track. I'll film some stuff, poke some things. Um, yeah, uh, let's see what we can find. There will be an encapsulation because you always have to, of course, separate your rail, which is moving vertically, and your pavement, which doesn't like it. So, um, and you also need them joined. You need them sealed because you don't want water going in. So there's, there's, you talked about the fact that the most egregious load on this is actually not the trains, it's the HGVs going over it. But what axle loads of trains could this potentially carry? It has all been based on the um, current um, vehicle, which is 5 ton dynamic axle load. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it can very easily be adapted to um, uh, light rail um, uh, vehicles. So we'll need to rerun the models and see if we need to increase um, uh, the slab thickness. Okay. Um, but it's very much optimised for that 5 ton, five ton axle load, no, essentially. It's optimised for the road going vehicle. That's by far the Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Case. That's why I say we just need to rerun the load cases um, on normal light rail. It might be the case that it's good enough as it is already, or just put an extra centimetre on the slab. So behind me here is, you can see, this is the, this is the new track form. Um, I'm going to walk this way because we're about to go around what is supposedly the tightest operational curve now in, 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 in the UK for railways. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. I've prodded it, done a bit of filming. Um, you can, uh, I'll hopefully explain more of that. But that's one of the more exciting things that's coming out of this project, actually, is this, this new approach to, uh, to tram track. So, yeah, fingers crossed that actually goes somewhere. So I'm going to walk this way, and behind me now is, uh, I walk this way, you can see a very tight curve. There it is, a very tight curve. Uh, just, just made in, actually it's a bespoke, that's a bespoke base plate, uh, in order to facilitate the flat. The, no, um, sorry, no. So we've, uh, we've got that test track behind me that I was told off for filming on. Um, and we've got the test track running here, and we've got the building next to us, which is quite exciting. Let's see the scale of it there. Um, we're going to go and speak to Noel, hopefully, from Fear and Frey, to talk about the charging system. So that should be interesting. 
Uh, there we go. Test track. This is just a conventional test track. It's not that exciting. So the vehicle comes in. It goes to a terminus uh, hospital. It has a few minutes to turn around. Um, that's when this charges. So a vehicle just pulls up and communicates with the charger. Uh, the, the charger will then lower the pantograph in about seven seconds onto the vehicle, and then fully charges the vehicle in just over three minutes. So this is a, a half, just under a half a megawatt charger. So it is a it is a big, powerful charger. If you compare this to uh, rail electrification, um, a train has a pantograph, so an arm on top that reaches up and touches uh, the overhead wires, the overhead line above the track. Well, this is kind of inverse in that. So uh, the pantograph is on the infrastructure, and one of those reasons is a pantograph can weigh 150, 200 kilos, and again, that's not conducive to a very light rail vehicle. So instead, the pantograph is mounted on the infrastructure, and that then reaches down and charges onto the Trait. The charger's got four contacts um, on that pantograph, so um, a positive, a negative, an uh, earth and a pilot, hopefully I remembered those correctly, and they, they reach down to four contact strips on the roof of the train, and the, the strips on the roof are quite long, so there's quite a large stopping distance of whether the vehicle stops here or there, this, this allows for that. So yeah, the idea is completely autonomous, when the vehicle wants to move off, it communicates with the charger the pantograph retracts and the charger just moves uh, the charger retracts and then the vehicle just moves on so it's, it's about having really short headways frequent vehicles charged autonomously and quickly and yeah so it's now in operation here it's already been in operation on buses for several years and the real goal for us to reduce infrastructure costs is charging very light rail vehicles and buses at the same time so if you, you picture a uh, bus turning up um, a bus turning up on the street in Coventry at the hospital where the very light rail vehicle also pulls up. Those two vehicles can both charge at the exact same charger. Not here where there's a track, but when that track's embedded in the road. And we've already done compliance testing with about half a dozen bus companies. And hopefully by the end of the year, we would have done compliance testing with almost every UK bus manufacturer as well. So yeah, certainly for when this is deployed into Coventry, we really want to see multimodal charging on a single who are the um, who are the initial tenants in the building so who have you got anyone confirmed it? are WMG going to have a, a presence here for uh, example WMG we are talking to them but I wouldn't say that they are looking to be a tenant we have, um, you, can't, you can't report this, but part of the Coventry project so that when they put the track in, they didn't have to knock buildings down. Really, as simple as that, so you can follow the road rather than having to, to move any infrastructure. So that's why it's 15 metres. That's why the vehicle was designed with the, the bogey, specialist bogey, to be able to go around this 15 metre curve. So let's talk about the um, the the urban VLR system. Um, this is well, you can see it's you know, it's a fairly shiny thing. It's kind of people movery dimension. Um, it's got a driving position at each end uh, here. Actually, you know what? It's probably easier to do this on a, in a schematic form. It's, it's actually got two kind of uh, bogey systems to allow it basically to allow it to traverse that really tight 50 meter radius curve, which is you know 
pretty impressive. That's that's very very tight. Uh, kind of more standard tram, kind of modern tram train. You know, uh, tram vehicles traverse curves not much tighter than twenty eight meters. So fifty meters is really really tight. Um, this thing has, uh, I mean, it's capable of going up to like forty miles an hour. Um, it's part. This design has been designed as part of a system, though. It's, it's also been designed alongside the track form. So I'm not going to talk a huge amount about the track form because I think it merits its own episode because it's really interesting. But I'll, I'll, I'll allude to it later in the episode. I think I, I stand next to it and prod it uh, and, and speak to the kind of one of the lead engineers who, who kind of led on the development of it. It's quite interesting. But you can see how much space is wasted though by by having a driver's seat on both sides, which is why we've moved away from. This is basically a glorified streetcar. You know, it's 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 like trams used to be. Um, so it's it's not a huge amount, but it I mean it still has capacity for about fifty. It says fifty six people. That's going to be a hell of a tight squeeze. Uh, it's more like forty in there with twenty seats. So you know it's got some capacity. What was that? There's about 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 forty uh, passengers, let's say, and uh, and twenty seats. Uh, there we are in here. Lovely and. Um, yeah, so it doesn't have any. It doesn't rely on overheads, so it's, it's a battery thing, which you know adds adds a bit of extra weight, um, and again removes more passenger space. Fine. It's got a twenty kilometer battery range, which isn't too bad, and that kind of works for this. So you know, it, it is designed to be lightweight. So it's it's eleven meters long. Uh, it's 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 not quite a pod, but it, yeah, it, it, fine. I, I think you know. I, oh, here's a nice image of it blown into bits, so you can sort of see that. The, the, I don't really know what this tells us, other than you know, there it is. It looks. It's, it's that's it. You can see the driving positions at each end, which is you know they're hoping to get rid of that with autonomy. But basically, the fir the, the the first the prototypes and probably the squadron fleet. Let's face it, are all going to be. Um, uh, they're going to have driving positions, which is that's a lot of extra expense and kit. So, you know, maybe this is the chance for it to... But the thing is, this is supposed to be running... Uh, uh, this isn't going to be entirely on dedicated corridors. It's going to have mixed traffic running. So it'll be kind of in amongst cars and stuff. And if that's the case, then it, autonomy will basically won't, won't work. Like, it won't work very well. Um, it won't be reliable. So it, it's likely to always have driving positions. So that that is quite a lot of, you know... If you think this is about the size of a small bus imagine having two driving positions it's, it, there's a reason why these the trams generally get longer but anyway you know okay fine it is what it is we'll, we'll this this element of it the the urban vlr i'm more skeptical of i'm not totally hating on it but i'm there, there, there are reasons things are the way they are there are reasons why modern trams have developed the way they have but anyway um so that's that lovely oh and here's some very pleased um uh, men and and a, and a woman there. Um, uh, in fact, I think she might be the project manager actually for Coventry. I think she spoke at the conference. Anyway, uh, some very pleased people standing around there, half built. Um, it's not the mock-up. This is the this is actually the real vehicle, but it's there, half built and looking snazzy. Um, cool, fine. It's uh, it looks a bit it looks a bit two thousands. I have to be honest. Sorry to the designers and the and the stylers of it. It, it looks a bit dated, but whatever. It's just my own personal preference. Um, I, and there are some things that I'm a little bit in terms of the way that the, the design of the front. If I see if I go back to the picture at the front, I can just see. Yeah, you can't really see it from this picture. But it, when I saw the real thing at the event, which we weirdly weren't allowed to video, it does look a little bit like. Um, uh, like people are going to get dragged underneath there, you know, um, uh, if 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 because because of the weird the kind of the curve shape, whereas there's more of an aggressive shape that that's more of a scoop, 
um for people um uh if if on on more modern trams anyway yeah, fine I, i'm sure they haven't thought about that stuff uh, fine uh, and and this this will be for for coventry um the the point of this is it'll be roll out in coventry um they'll be looking to roll it out sort of i think they're aiming what was what was the date they were looking at, at trying to get this working in in like late, late like 2025 for the first route being built or, or not even finished maybe sort of construction beginning on it so this is you know this is still a way off um but they're, yeah they're aiming to start kind of it's going to have like what was that uh one two three four four routes and you know i think it's an interesting idea i, th I think it's an interesting idea and if they can get it to work great but it's just it's slower than you'd hope you know I'd, I'd love them to just get this thing kicked off but a lot of it's about the consenting and planning and, and everything's very slow on that front um yeah anyway uh let us um oh yeah uh, the thing i was going to say was i i think basically this thing is essentially just a reinvention and, and fine you know that's absolutely fine but it's a bit of a reinvention of what what tram you know what streetcars used to look like you know uh, single story uh, trams before we started making them longer so i feel like it's almost like a backward step but but with a there there's a bit of a purpose behind it as you can see i'm a little bit i'm a little bit too much about this we could probably the q a that we'll have next week uh, you can probably about it anyway uh on with the next bit so um like the rural vlr let's let's have a look at this one this is one that i'm i think okay they're trying to make it snazzy and refer to it in lots of snazzy ways but actually for me this is a um this is the clever things about this are the way it's used standards to to minimize its weight uh, you know minimize the mass of the vehicle by making some safety some assumptions about safety that i don't think are unreasonable you know about the sorts of vehicles it might interact with you know this is not expected to be running frequently in amongst heavy uh heavy heavy you know other heavy design rolling stock so there's there, there are things you know so it's they've toyed with the crashworthiness in what you know i don't think a hst crashworthiness you know what i think about that um that's a mainline train that runs at high speeds in amongst heavy stock um this is not that this is not going to be running in amongst lots of heavy heavy stock um it's also nice and light and, and can stop quickly and all these there, there are lots of factors that mean that this is a it makes sense to to, to be a bit cute with the way that we um, apply certain standards and manage the risk in a slightly different way um so uh yeah the here is i think it looks quite smart i'll tell you what it does make me think of though that is uh the, the class 121 this is episode 121 of, of rail now the 122nd episode of rail now and so it's fun that we're getting to do one about the, this class i really did miss the opportunity with class 90 with episode 91 didn't i anyway um yeah it's just a bubble car and I'm, I'm i keep saying this through the episode actually i keep referring to it as a bubble car but it is a bubble car it's a, it's a one car um train uh a little bit less gubbins underneath but not that much all the all this gubbins here gubbins 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 um yeah here it's, it's one to one and, and why do i say that well um uh, let's just have a nice zoomed out look at this very vibesy photograph lovely image anyway i'm back back at rail live and uh i don't know when this is going to be going out but uh i decided to cut it out of the rail live episode because frankly it fits better with the with the vlr episode so a brief segment of actually getting on to the revolution vlr the um the there it is look now there are a few critical things to talk about on this vehicle that's all right let me come um a few key things i want to talk about uh, that are exciting about this firstly um that it's it's kind of really the uh, and they, they hate me calling it this it's kind of the on you come no worries the bubble car the, the, the modern era right the first thing i to talk about is while i step onto the, the train because floor height is 950 millimeters look there it is 
In fact, I'm going to get on. Uh, the platform's actually a bit low, which is why it looks the way it does. It's a busy train. Here's Mr. Bigland. Uh, and indeed, a whole full train, all 56 seats that appear to be taken. There's Paul here. Oh, it's, it's Paul Bigland. Um, yeah, so this is, this is, this is the, the Revolution VLR. And I get on, and immediately the, the feeling is um, build quality looks pretty good. Oh, all the finish looks very good. Uh, the seats look pretty good. The general feeling in here is that this is a modern light. It's quite airy feeling actually. That 200 mil floor height feels like it wins you quite a bit of extra height. Um, hi Tim. Uh, yeah, quite a lot of um, yeah, quite a lot of extra space. I'm going to stand in a vestibule while we pull out. Uh, this Paul sort of uh, organising another, another a different Paul. Oh, this this all looks quite so. It looks all it looks quite smart. This is a smart looking train. Given that this is a prototype, though the thing is. It, the team pointed together know that it needs to look the part. It can't look shoddy when you're trialling a thing like this. It has to look absolutely spot on because any little, any little grumbly, unhappy people are going to be very upset if the uh, if the train feels anything less than top quality. So I'm going to stand hold hold on to make sure I don't fall over with the train behind. It's just just a regular single car train. It's funny that we uh, earlier, I mean, sorry, earlier for me, not earlier for you, got a lot earlier for you because it's the rail line episode. Uh, I was on the 153. And it's funny to be inside this, which is doing the same job, quite a lot less axle load. Not quite as much less than they'd like. It's not quite down to the ton a meter, but it's um, it's not far off. Um, I think it's about one point, oh, it's like 1.6 or something. It's not quite as low as they want it to be, but they've part of that is because they went for conventional bogies. I've, I've done a bit of a breakdown of uh, single kind of one car trains over the years to do a bit of an interesting comparison because I think it's quite interesting to sort of look at, the, at these four and sort of make some comparisons. So the first of these is it's a GWR uh, rail car. Uh, it has, it had, or uh, there are a few variations. I've kind of picked a bit of a middle ground one, um, but 70 seats, uh, 260 horsepower, which gave it about 6.5 kilowatts per tonne, which is fine. Um, it was 18.4 meters long, weighed 30 tons, which gave it a mass of, per meter of um, 1.63 tons per meter. Okay, so bear that number in mind. We haven't got anything to compare it with yet. Let's jump to the, to the 121, the BR Class 121. Uh, only had 65 seats, a uh, bit more power though, 300 horsepower, um, but it weighed a bit more, so it actually only has 5.8 kilowatts per tonne. It's a bit longer, 19.7 meters. Uh, yeah, 38 tons, so eight tons more than the, the GWR rail car, um, which means that it nearly weighs two tons per meter. So that, that's quite substantial. So this is double what the the VLR team are aiming for to, to be able to call their thing VLR. So uh, the next one is, um, I just realized I'm not in the corner, up in the corner. Oh, well, you can see me briefly in here if I, I'm here. Hello, hello. I'm going to get rid of my face again because you, you don't need to see me. Bye, bye again. Um, next one is uh, it's class 153 um, and uh, the 153 has 75 seats uh, in its kind of optimized configuration uh, only 285 uh, horsepower um, uh, which means it's reducing its power again down to 5.2 kilowatts per ton so it's you know, reducing power because these things get heavier because this one weighs 41.2 tons it's a longer vehicle as well it's 23.2 meters and this means that we it's a bit lighter than the 121 actually so it's 1.78 tons per meter so that's not not so bad compared to the 1.93 of the uh, the 121 now let's jump to the revolution vlr so this only has 56 seats so it's got fewer seats 
a smaller engine set. So it's got a gen set of um, 160 horsepower, 4.8 kilowatts per ton. So it's less power than any of the other vehicles here. It's the it's the the um, the least gutsy in terms of power to weight ratio. Um, it's about the same length as the GWR railcar, 18 and a half meters, 18.5 exactly. Um, but it's quite a bit lighter. So it's only 24.8 tons. So I think that's about the same as the lightest of the GWR rail cars, but that 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 was when they only had half an engine in them, or or rather one engine rather than two. Um, so that's quite substantially lighter, 24.8 tons, and that reduces its tons per meter down to 1.34. So it's by far the um, the lightest per meter of these vehicles, as the lightest outright of these vehicles. But it is uh, the reason I put this up is because for me it's like we are basically pulling back to we're using new technologies to, to deal with the fact that trains are heavier they carry lots more kit they do lots more things than original trains did but we've now used some clever materials to basically pull the weight of the vehicle back to where we were at the start of the 1900s so i don't want us to be to, to get too excitable about this being radical technology it's it, we're just applying new materials to pull a new manufacturing techniques and construction techniques to pull ourselves back to the days where we had a timber vehicle <laughs> Um, which is fine. That's a good thing. That's something to be, you know, pleased about. But also, I think it's worth putting it into historical context, um, frankly. <laughs> so anyway, that's. That, I think it's a useful way to look at the the rural train. And you know, this the the, the point is that this is a um, this is a unit that I think could see quite wide application on on rural rail lines to increase frequencies. So if rather than having um, you know, a, a sprint. I think, again, I think I say this in the section that we're about to go into because I'm about to hop on the train and do a bit of exploration. So let's have a little look. What can we see? So, you know, it's got a kind of reasonably wide door there. It's PRM with, you know, PRM compliant door. Um, the floor height is, is level. It's level. Um, it's a conventional step, but it's but it actually has a, a footstep. Unlike the 777, which goes for the, the gap filler, this just has a conventional footstep. So not quite as good for curved platforms, compatibility on that front. But still, it helps a lot that you have a level floor. The um, you can see the, the kind of the, the actual spin round and point down here. You can see that you can sort of see the smooth, the, the kind of the flat finish. This is a flat floor uh, here. I can stick stick my head in here if, if you want. If you're curious as to what the what the actual uh, driving position looks like, very nice. So that can I sit in the driver's cab? And the answer is yes. And I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to not touch a single ruddy thing, which is always my paranoia whenever I sit in this. We're moving though. We're off. Look. I'm going to sit here and have a look at the view at the back. Yeah. We're, we're off ski. It's a very smooth ride, worth noting. We are going at, well, there are two factors to that. We're going slow, but also this track is absolute crap, so they kind of bounce each other out. Um, it feels like a modern train, which is what you want. There's Dave Frankel out the window. Look, there he is. There's David. Um, it's, yeah. How do people feel about this? Well, everyone's sort of sat quietly enjoying a train journey and, and, and a bit of aircon. Uh, yeah, this has got capacity of 56 seats in this layout. I think uh, it goes up to like another 70. It just got up to 75 with standing as well. Something around that. 80, 80. I'm having Paul. Paul's head of design. Paul is, is whispering things at me. Paul from Paul here from uh, from TDI. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it's moving. It's it, this is a thing. It's here. It, no longer is it on the drawing board. It's not a model in a glass box. Yep. This is a physical thing. Uh, actually working, running, to, to, to something that is uh, functioning. And it, I tell you what, the, the thing that strikes me, and I'm sure lots of people have said this to you, is it's, oh, I've just got onto a modern, regular train. 
there's, there is nothing and, and what you want what I guess is that as for me when I'm designing track alignments is I want no one to notice that there's anything special or different about this exactly. it's just a regular train um, that's what passengers should be thinking operators vehicle. some nice features within it yeah um, obviously we've got PRM compliance as well and wheelchair spaces yeah but um, it's essentially you know it's, it's built for the markets it's intended to yeah it's, it's, it's not kind of the, um, the six car sets it's for urban railways yeah. But, but interesting, what I quite like about the future proof, you know, lots of people talk about virtual coupling and all this stuff, but real coupling, this has a coupler. You can couple two together. So in a situation where you have, let's hypothetically say you end up with a railway that runs up to Ellen and splits and goes to one way to Peterhead and the other way to Fraserburgh. Making that example up. But say you do, two cars meet in Ellen and run as, as a single comparator to get through the limited number of paths into Aberdeen. That's an opportunity that you do have. Yeah, no problem at all. We've, we've got a facility we're putting the couplers onto it. It's a hinge type coupler, it's an Olio unit that we've looked at okay, to yeah. into the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, here we are. It's, you should be very proud. It's a, it's a smart looking unit. Indeed. Build quality looks really good, which is important on a prototype because everyone gets unhappy when, they, when they're unsure, even if it is a prototype. It has to be the best build quality of every, any unit you put out. Yeah, yeah. it's always um, been a good focus from TDI. We always yeah, want to yeah, make yeah. sure that something that you build and you engineer is done nicely. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's cracking. The aircon is working overtime, and uh, we're, we're all very glad glad of it here. So yeah, uh, here it is. Look at it. It's it's a train, and it looks it, it for people sitting on it. It's like well, it's a nice, clean new train. We're um, five miles an hour today. But it's yeah, I know. We're not pushing it through its paces. It can get up to sixty-five miles an hour um, off the top. Of my, I think that's right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, th this thing can do pretty much everything that that one five three that I was referring to earlier can do. Um, okay, a little bit slower, but the reality is this thing probably accelerates quite a lot faster, so it probably makes up for that in terms of timetabling. Um, yeah, no, it's very smart. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it appear as the next thing is. Where, where is this going to appear in, in operation? That's the exciting, that's the open question. So now everyone's off that train and enjoyed their, 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 our, our brief uh, foray through. It's worth talking about the construction of this train because um, this is assembled, it's quite, the, the, essentially the really unique thing about this vehicle is the way it's assembled. These panels, these identical panels, there's a panel here, panel on the other side as well. Uh, these are uh, carbon fiber. They are bonded and you see this little sort of ceiling point here. They are bonded in to provide this monocoque structure. So this, this, um, bonded it there several kind of a, a much smaller number of rivets it's kind of almost placement rather than structural but then it's bonded together so that creates this very light uh monocrusher. look at look it's nice it's, the build quality is great this is just a standard train table there's usb charging points everywhere uh there's someone's left there someone's left something behind we won't worry about that there's all sorts of bits and pieces around actually no they're trying them there's a different design of usb thing down there yeah that's quite interesting there's a little little different different to kind of get down there a little different design whereas it's a more conventional one down this side no it's not Oh yeah, on this side, more convention. It's a trial train, so they're trying different bits out. But it's just, it's roomy. It feels quite roomy, which is quite nice. So you think of a, of a train like this, you might think of it as being a bit pokier. But um, yeah, that's the, that's the unique selling point, really, is that, that structural element. And we'll have a look. I'm going to step out the train and, and uh, thank you, sir. Uh, step out the train and, um, and sort of show you how that looks from the outside. And you, you can hardly tell. You know, it's, just, it's got this, it's sort of got the sealant there. It's just, you know, these panels, they are the, they are the thing that, uh, that make it as light as it is. 
whilst giving it its, its, its torsional strength and all of its various uh, kind of the keeping the strength of the train up whilst really bringing that weight down. There you go, and you can see the uh, you can see the so the, yeah the choice made about bogies was it was a sensible one to get this thing running qu quickly, but they have done a few things. So it's a freight bogie, but they've done a few things to kind of knock the weight down a little bit more. Uh, there we go, you can see there they've got the Lucchini sort of hollow. Um, uh, kind of axles and a few few bits and pieces like that but it's a smart unit you see and again the powertrain is is you can see that you can see the racks down here i'll put some b-roll in you can see the racks of the of the of kind of the, the prime mover and then the battery rack as well that kind of just slide back and forth it's 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 a clever little train I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this one sort of providing a replacement for where you've got the the kind of this this the right balance of so for me ideally i, I like this for for a reason that possibly evershall aren't necessarily foreseen which is because you can start running higher frequency services with a smaller train which is operationally a bit of a pain in the backside but it actually will bring more people onto the railway frequency is freedom so if you previously had a two hour a two hourly service with one uh you know with one two car one five six or whatever um swapping that for you know a every one hour every half hour train with this because of that operational the reduction in operational costs um, the reduction in axle loads as well, you actually potentially reach the point where you have a better railway service. So for me, that is quite exciting about this train. So um, enough of me waffling. Um, back to whatever on earth bit of segment this is. I'm very hot in real life. Back to whatever segment of the video I'm going to go to next. So uh, let's briefly round up because I think mostly I'll do this chat in the Q&A next week. So yes, tune in for the Q&A next week, which will be live with me in it because I won't have had to do a pre-record because I'm not in the House of Lords at this very moment. Uh, so if I go big face, hello, it's me. I'm in big face. I'm very tired because it's past midnight. It's in fact 25 to 1 uh, on Tuesday evening slash Wednesday morning because this week has been hectic. But um, how do I round up? Briefly, the Urban VLR, fine. I, it's a bit slow for my taste to get rolling, but you know it's happening. That's that's grand. Um, I, I hope it's successful. Um, it's it's a streetcar. It's just kind of pulling us back to streetcar, and there are elements of that that I think are you know a bit wasteful. Not least the two cabs and the, the amount of battery in it. Um, but if it's if it does bring down the cost radically, they're they're suggesting they want to come down to five million a, a kilometer, or five million a mile. I keep I think they they kept saying one or the other but anyway they, they want to make it reliably delivered at that cost uh, if they can succeed at that terrific you know that's good stuff um rural vlr it's just it's just a new train that, that it doesn't need to be called a new type it's not it's not vlr it's not a new type of thing it's just pulling us back to to kind of the mass that we had when we had timber framed rail cars um so that's great let's let's see where it applies um, if it's used to increase frequencies, great. If it's just used to to, to if it's just used at the same frequencies that the current larger trains are, um, then that's reducing capacity. That's not good. So again, it comes down to political context. I don't think these are radical game changers. VLR is not a radical game changer. It's just it, like particularly the rural VLR. It's just good. It's a good train, and I wish it every luck. And I hope hopefully it'll get it'll see some good rollout. But I don't think this is going to make any radical shifts or changes, frankly. Um, but maybe there's a bit of collaboration there in terms of managing you know the, the challenge is is that to run a safe railway requires a minimum level of of, a, of attendance to of the infrastructure that you have to do with the, the you have to do the same level of maintenance of the track with a revolution vlr you know with the with the rural vlr as you do with a sprinter or with regular freight like that it doesn't actually make that much difference to the fixed costs at that point so 
it, basically it's just a good new train i don't think it's going to offer anything radical uh, urban vlr maybe does offer something a chance for smaller cities to to get a hold of a, of a fixed fixed infrastructure uh, system and i'm all for trams and if that does work then I'm, i'll be very happy i'm just a, a skeptical as to whether it will but um, i think i alluded to that already anyway enough of my roundup um uh I'm, I'm i'm gonna go back to which version of me am i gonna go back to uh, i think i'm gonna go back to me at rail live a couple of weeks ago probably when i had covid but didn't realize it um so uh, enjoy that <laughs> So uh, here I am. Look, it's, it's I'm at Rail Live. Bit of a crossover. Um, um, it's, the, it's the Revolution VLR or the uh, the bubble car for the modern era, as I keep calling it, much to the chagrin of the of everyone on the project. And um, hopefully that was useful. There was the conference bit and the Q and A bit. Hopefully between those two things, I've kind of explained or, or attempted to explain what and answer the question: What is VLR and is it any good? Um, yeah, as ever, uh, the podcast is available on audio only. Uh, thanks to everyone listening to it. Should be update, up to date by now, hopefully, depending on when this goes out. Um, the, the usual plugs, Patreon. Uh, thanks to everyone supporting me uh, on Patreon, to, particularly on, on location, stuff like this. It allows it to happen. Um, thank you to um, to everyone who buys merch. The, the merch at Masquette is still available. Uh, PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis for, uh, for throwing abuse and pennies at me. And the Discord, the chat. Hello, everyone in the chat. Um, the chat is uh, continues on, on Discord, garethdennis.co.uk slash discord uh, next week's episode is uh something take it away future gareth uh thanks me from uh the, the yeah confused me um yeah so uh if you haven't watched it already you can go and watch the next episode of uh, the archipelago series which is on besquicklehausen's channel um and indeed next week uh the next episode which will indeed be the rise of the rail bus so last time i was saying that it was the rise of the rail bus but actually it was it was a trams episode talking of uh vlr urban vlr uh, now the next episode will have rail buses in it so weirdly uh this th th there's your urban vlr and there's your uh rural vlr strangely uh, our engineer plays archipelago series is kind of echoing um this episode um in terms of rail matters um next week it's going to have the the, v the vlr q a but also we're going to be talking about shaps's terrible signaling video um because it's funny and everything in it was wrong and it's fun to talk about things that are wrong because maybe we'll learn something um uh so in a way shaps will have given us all something to think about mm, interesting so uh, that should be good i will see you all next week cheerio <laughs>